Hey, this is Wicked Spursy, Mike, Steve, Dave, and occasionally a special guest here to talk about the club that we love, Tottenham Hotspur. Come on, you Spurs. Let's go. Hey, this is Wicked Spursy, Mike, Steve, and Dave. Mike, how are you doing? How's your Christmas? Uh, Christmas is great. Uh, kids had a good time. Um, they got a lot more presents than we thought they did. Uh, it's kind of funny because I think I mentioned that uh, <clears throat> that we don't wrap our presents till the night before. And um turns out that doing that uh, was was not the best idea because the wife was up until 1.30 in the morning. And uh, I, f- I forget now that the kids, when they go to sl- when they go to bed, they don't actually go to sleep. They just sit up in their bedrooms and and fool around until they get tired enough to fall asleep. So my son got up at like ten p.m. to uh, quote unquote go to the bathroom, mm-hmm. and I hear him upstairs. I'm trying to watch It's a Wonderful Life and have a you know a couple of drinks, and uh, and I sure enough I look upstairs and he's just standing there at the top of the stairs. And he's like, I'm so tired. And I was like, okay, go to bed. And he goes, I can't. You're making all kinds of noise downstairs. And, of course, that was, you know, my wife coming up with, with, with gifts, you know, coming upstairs from the basement with gifts and me trying to, you know, place them around the tree and, you know, almost knocking into the tree and making all kinds of noise and the paper and, you know. And uh, I was like, all right, sorry, buddy. I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm just, you know trying to watch my movie and clean the house at the same time so that Santa can come. And I guess kind of bought it because the next morning was amazing. Excellent. You know, and we got, we got them a foosball table and uh, my wife had me take the legs off and put them back on a hundred different times because we couldn't decide where we were going to put the goddamn foosball table, whether, whether we wanted to display it so that when he came down, he could see it. Right. But, uh, I just took the legs off and laid it up against the wall because it had no space to be anywhere in my house. <laughs> I bet I bet Steve's got a a more fun story because he's got a real young one. So, yeah, Steve, curious how uh, Christmas with with uh, the little guy went. How was it? I it was great. I mean, he still didn't quite grasp the concept of ripping the paper, you know, opening the presents or whatever. But as soon as he started to see what was inside. I mean, he was lighting up left and right. I got like some solid whoa out of him multiple <laughs> times. Um, and he's been into like everything he got, um, which is really great. You know, he got a couple of toys and a bunch of books because he's really into books. Uh, so, you know, he's been alternating between getting us to read him any of the dozen or so that he has now uh, or playing with that. We got him this little... uh like play school farm thing, uh, you know, with a bunch of little farm animals and a farmer and it's, you know, got a bell and buttons to push and all that fun stuff. Uh, he's super into that. Um, loves the farm. He got another farm thing too from, uh, from my sister-in-law. Um, so I guess we're pushing him to be a farmer now. I don't know. Uh, but I, I don't remember if farmer comes before fireman or astronaut. Like, I'm not sure what the, the sequence is on the progression he's super into it um granted i will say his all-time favorite are uh the two sharks that he got he loves sharks they're like his you can literally put a shark documentary on and this one-year-old will sit there and watch the thing like start to finish no problem it's wild uh lucas was all about the sharks too man it's got to be something about the way they move and it, it, it they're just they are mesmerizing. I mean, that's why so many people watch Shark Week, right? That's fair. They didn't have movies like Jaws when when you know now. That's why that's why uh, I went to the Sharks is one movie like that and that was enough. Maybe that's what I should show them this week. <laughs> hey kid, how do you feel about this? I got to tell you, we had a we had a cool Christmas you know, our, our children, the three of our children, uh, you know, kind of different life phases, right? We've talked about, talked about that before. And for the first time this year, my sons have always, they've always been thoughtful about gifts, but it's really cool to see them be thoughtful and to have their own money to, to actually buy gifts for people. And like, they do it on their own without, you know, 
advice and asking for for what to do and it was really cool to just see like them excited about people receiving gifts that they had put some thought into so really cool kind of phase there that was a uh, that was exciting and, and good to see followed by too much eating of all kinds of different things and too many bloody marys and mimosas and all that good stuff but that's what makes christmas right good times good times hey let's uh let's start today's uh today's episode out we've got a question for you, you ready for this this is not hey mike what you drinking just so you know that'll be later but this question is hey mike why do you hate sergio regulon so much <laughs> We want to know. Uh, first off, I'm <laughs> um, sorry about my laugh. I'm still getting over this cold and I got this crap in my chest. I sound like an emphysemic, but um, uh, it's so funny that, that Dave, Dave is mentioning our uh, WhatsApp, uh, our little WhatsApp group that we have. Um, and, and I had made some comments about how I think that Sergio's not quite fit into his, his kind of new role. Um, post what he was, uh, the role he was given under Jose. Um, and you know, I, I just, I still believe that he's, he's, uh, he, he's not at, he's not at the level that he probably can be. Um, you know, given the fact that he's playing more of a wing back now, his, his job is less to defend and, and, and to worry about defending, um, you know, in, in attacking, an attacking player versus actually having to be a defender, uh, a, a, a kind of a looser defender and, and a, facil- a facilitator at the same time. So, you know, I, I just don't think his crosses are there yet. I think he's too worried about, you know, pushing the ball forward and attacking. And, and, and in this new role, he gets to be a little bit closer to the goal. You know, he we know him to be good with the ball at his feet, but he's just... I think he tries too hard to get to, to score that goal instead of instead of looking for the open man. I mean, he 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 was giving it his all this weekend, and and uh, you know, God bless him for it. And I, I don't hate Sergio Regulon, <laughs> um, but uh, I I think it was uh, my words were kind of misconstrued in 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 the reading comprehension of the uh, WhatsApp uh, group was was not on the uh, on the on the highest level on, on our on our comp- reading comprehension scale i th- i think uh i think that's so is that so according to my according to my uh my daughter's um report card that we got today i think you guys would have just gotten more of an m plus versus a p what the hell is an m plus what the f- an m an m would be like meeting expectations a p would be proficient we don't we don't we don't give out A's, B's, C's and D's or number grades anymore because what? You have to encourage the children to to want to learn and to continue to want to learn. That's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. <laughs> so my daughter's my daughter's got a a solid P to P plus, you know, grade point average or, or grade overall. So it's like now she's uh she's at at the point where she's a uh, kind of a solid uh b to b plus uh student she's not a she's not a c student anymore she's a b plus student or a b student so she's what we're not going to engage in a engage in a debate about the merits of a proficiency-based educational system that's a that's a different podcast for a different time but mike how dare you critique Steve and my reading comprehension skills. I think we have a real issue it was less you dave uh (laughs) and more steve and uh and 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 the neck like, <laughs> the, neck, the neck knows what he's done. Our buddy Neck is uh, consistently contrary to Mike. He's he's Mike's foil. So yeah, that's it's, it's uh, almost like every single time I say something, something clicks in his brain and says, "Say the opposite. Say the opposite. <laughs> Do it." All like right, a well, devil on his shoulder. So we think you don't hate Sergio. We think you like him, but well, you he can do better. Steve, well, what's your assessment on. of Mike's Mike's hold take? On. I want to hear what what I heard from Mike is him attacking Sergio Reggion for kicking puppies and giving babies the the people's hammer. This guy, he is so angry about Sergio Reggion. I just don't understand where all this hatred comes from. I just don't like him. I just don't like him. I I think it's the mole on his face. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's because he's just too damn good looking. That's he's actually what it is. pretty handsome. He's an actual an actual handsome fella. I'll I'll give yeah, that. I I will say, you know, obviously, um, there is room to grow, right? I, I think Regian definitely has that room to grow, but then again, so does the entire team. Um, there's, the, I don't think any of them have have kind of hit their plateau yet. Um, and people, players that we did think, you know, had had peaked, are showing that they've got more to give, which is kind of crazy to think about. Um, you know, and I'm going to turn this and bring us bring us to the game, uh, the game we played, um, Crystal Palace, and and I want to talk about our our favorite player. I think I'm going to say our collective favorite player, Lucas Mora. I'm good, was, I'm good with that today. I thought you were going Zaha based on my comments. Oh, fuck Zaha! I despise that guy. So yeah, uh, I thought he was, yeah, I thought he was going for Eduard. Yeah, Eduard. <laughs> So now, yeah, we'll let's, get to, let's do Lucas. Absolutely. We'll get to Zaha in a bit, but remember, uh, was it our, I think it might've been our last podcast. You know, I made that comment that, uh, that Conte had called Lucas one of the best players on the squad. And this was a perfect game to repay that sort of public, you know, endorsement. He got the goal to assists. And this dude is somebody who I think all of us had written off as just his absolute peak is super sub nothing more. And then he comes in starting 11 and has a game like that, where he's just a, a dominant force going forward. I don't know what the hell Conte said to him since taking over, but this is a, a, a player who is more apt to pass quickly and progressively than to run at players. Um, I I'm seeing less one-on-one -on -one dribbles and more give and goes. Um, and he, I granted we've all known this he hustles constantly on the ball off the ball um his movement for his goal you you know he picked that ball up in midfield before playing that pass out and then found himself in the box to win the header I don't understand how Lucas wins so many headers it doesn't seem like it should be possible yet he does it all the time uh so a great performance from him for sure he he gets up so high for for a guy his size it's absolutely amazing yeah definitely um but yeah you know what up there with him skippy skippy is just uh, i feel like he's a player who's just consistently growing to be a key component of our midfield whether it's defending just sitting back or even at times you see him you know progressing the ball forward and getting into attacking positions he had a couple uh uh shots not really great shots but there was one that looked uh you know a little promising until you got the you know directly behind an angle and saw that it was curving well far away um but it looks like he's taking more risks and, and i think that's something that i know i've been wanting uh, from the squad since since Mourinho, which is players more willing to take risks and try different things, especially when plan A isn't working. And it seems like Conte's got these guys more or less figured out, but giving them kind of the 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 um, you know directive to go out there to try something, to do the role that you're supposed to do, but you know kind of push forward, push ahead, progress yourself and the team. Um, and it seems like he's really getting the most out of just about every single player that is played under him. I, 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 I honestly think that the, the big deal with the big, the big deal with a, a coach like Conte versus a coach like um, Jose is that um, <clears throat> it's not just that he demands that he demands the respect of his players and it just demands the attention of his players. Um he's a manager that will give respect when when respect is 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 due to a player right he will he will show that player you know he he's he's out there to lift up the players he's not down he's not out there to break them down but at the same time he's he he kind of is that guy who will come out and tell you that i know what i'm doing here just listen to me and I'm going to get you there versus I know what I'm doing here. Listen to me or I'm going to fucking put you on the bench. Right. 
Um, listen to me because I'm the best. I, the, I'm the best ever. He's saying, I know how to get you there. Just, just bear with me. It's going to take some time and we'll get there together. I, I think he's got the respect of his team. Um, and he's always gotten the respect of his teams. Um, the thing is, you know, how long does he stick around? How long is he going to stick around? We love him for now. Maybe he wants this to be kind of his, his place that he sticks. I don't know. Um, he seems, you know, in his career to have been a project manager and maybe that's what he is now. But, um, for right now, he's doing all the things that he needs to do. He's, he's, he comes in and he's fixing a lot of the players that were broken. Um, he's, he seemed to have <clears throat> started to put some band-aids on the, on the wound that is Darty. Um, he's showing Emerson that yes, you can play in this league. Um, it's going to take some time. Um, that was another guy that came up in our chat that I absolutely said, you know, he takes way, way too much shit from, from a lot of the fans. And I constantly see it. I constantly see it. This guy's not good enough. He's he's getting burned all the time. I don't necessarily think he is getting burned. I think he's playing the position that he's been, that he's being coached to play and not to take chances and take huge risks if he thinks he's going to get burned because there's going to be somebody there to play in, in, in back of him, you know, to pick him up. Um, so this, it, it's the whole management style m matches the tactics that he's putting forward and helps guys succeed in the roles that, that he's played, placing people in. Um, that said, I don't know, like watching this game and given the run out that Bergwijn was in, in for Harry Kane. I don't even know that Bergwine ended up playing that position at the by the end of the game. I think he played it for a little bit and then it's kind of like it wasn't working out, so he kind of Lucas kind of got stuck in the middle. Um but you know, I the the game was really really fun to watch um outside of the first 20 minutes which was boring as fuck and but it was another one of those games where I never like Crystal Palace was never really even a threat, and I don't even know had they had eleven guys out there that it, that they were gonna be a threat. Right, and they became less of a threat after what thirty eight minutes when when Zaha got booted. <laughs> what a dumbass! Yeah, let's it's, pivot to talk about that clown. It's uh, it's always the thing that I every single time he makes some sort of boneheaded tackle or like. Let's his emotions get a get a get away with him, and I always like I go, <laughs> and it's always a it's always a fun fun thing for me because I've never seen a guy. We I talked about uh, uh, Italians right last week with the their expressions and they talk with their hands. This guy, every single time the whistle's blown against him, he's got his hands out and he's praying. He's praying at the at the at the referees, and he's got his hands out, going, "What have I done? What have I done?" You know, exactly. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. When and, you know, ninety nine percent of the time he did do it, and I, I don't understand. He looks like he's crying all the time, and he's all the time. And Why he's he back in the praying position? And <laughs> for so those here's... of you who see, I'm doing a wonderful impression of Zaha right now. Oh yeah, perfect. You see, the, here's the thing though. I can empathize with him over the first yellow that was kind of bullshit. You know, if that happened to his first player, I would be screaming about how unfair and unjust it was. It happened to Tanganga in the previous game against them. Yeah. That said, when you're on a yellow and you think I'm going to turn around and violently push this guy away from me in frustration, you have to know that the second yellow is coming. I mean, there's no other way to interpret that action. That is the single dumbest thing he could have done. Um, it, it, it almost has me wondering, like, does this guy have any kind of internal filter that says, hey, you know that thing that you really want to do right now? Maybe you shouldn't do it. Because uh, right now I'm thinking that he just kind of does whatever comes, the first thing that comes to mind and then doesn't understand why it's wrong. You know, it's like a, a like a toddler at times. <laughs> I don't get it. The problem is that he's a super talented player, though. But that that part of his game and that part of his mentality and personality just ruins it for him. You know, he has no ability to shut up and just walk away. 
Yeah, I said on the on the chat, my least two favorite Premier League players, Zaha's number one, because he's a crybaby, right? Incredibly talented, but at this stage in his career, he should have had and taken the opportunity to uh, stretch himself and play for a, another team that finishes consistently higher in the table. He should have had that. He should have taken that shot, uh, but he hasn't. I think that says something about him. But also the, the after every single whistle, you know, pleading and complaining and whining drives me crazy. My second guy, we've talked about him before, John Joe Shelby, uh, Newcastle. Oh, I hate like, that bald prick. He's just he's just dangerous. You know what I mean? Every time that guy's on the pitch, I feel like someone's going to get hurt, and it just makes me really really nervous to watch. watch you know, it's funny. I was watching the Manchester United game, uh, Newcastle, today, and uh, John Joe Shelby is is out there and. I, I said to my son, I said, watch this, Lucas. Every time he gets the ball, he will refuse to pass it to an open man, and he will shoot it from about 40 yards out. <laughs> and no sooner did I say that, that he shot one 40 yards out. And then it clicked in Lucas's head, and he's like, oh, yeah, he got a red card against us last last time we played, right? And I was like, well, that was last year. He goes, yeah. He goes, he got, like, a, a yellow, and then he got a ye- another yellow, and, like, he said, like, three minutes later, and I was like, yeah, you're right, buddy. It's like, I love that recall. That was pretty good. Yeah, that's good memory. <laughs> I, I, I hadn't remember. remembered that. Yeah, I, I do not like that fella either. Steve, who are your two least favorite players in the in the Prem? Who do you have? Well, John Joe Shelley, for sure. Uh, I can't stand that guy. Um, and for me, it's – and this might be a controversial one, but I can't stand Ronaldo. I think for the same reason that you don't like Zaha, he's just a fucking crybaby. Like, look, he puts a lot of work in. He trains really hard, but he's, I, I, I don't know. Every time he plays, when things aren't going his way, he's crying, he's sulking, he's throwing a tantrum on the sidelines. I, He's the worst kind of super talented player. Somebody who thinks that, because they worked really hard, everything should be given to him. And case in point is again, the game today, you know, this is a Spurs podcast. We're talking a lot about United, but uh, Ronaldo should have been sent off today. Like, I don't care that there wasn't contact. This dude charged a guy down and, you know, feet in the air, made an aggressive tackle. And he only got a yellow for it. Um, And frankly, I think that's bullshit. Um, you know, because he, he does get special treatment, United gets special treatment, and he still fucking whines all the time about things not going his way. Was screaming at his own players. Yeah, I can't stand it. Um, you know, he's like the opposite of Shelby. He's somebody who's arrogant because he's worked hard for it, whereas Shelby's just arrogant because he's a prick. Um, and not to mention any of the, uh, you know, allegations against Ronaldo either, but... Uh, Look, you know, you can train hard, you can, you know, be super talented, you're clearly one of the top players in the world, you don't have to be such a fucking crybaby about it all the goddamn time, why don't you just pick your fucking head up and just get on with the game, if things aren't going your way, you know, we, we've we asked this of Kane ourselves, if things say, aren't going we, your way, can we talk about another it? of the world's greatest players? Yeah, you grab it by the scruff of the neck and you run with it, like, do something to change it. Don't just fucking sit there. He does the same thing with his legs out, you know, throws his hands in the air and he's like looking around to everybody trying to figure out if, if somebody saw the the breeze that knocked him over, like get on with it, dude. Come on. Like it's, I can't stand it. I'm going to get obviously, on my now. Obviously my, my two hated are John Joe Shelby and uh, Sergio Regulon. So you're right. Bingo. We, we nailed him off the top. There you go, Mike. All right. So um, let's let's get back to the game. And, and uh, we we can get back. And I, I, I let Steve uh, run with Lucas because uh, Steve could never run with Lucas. He's not that fast. I think Steve is probably pretty quick, but he's not that fast. Um, Fair. <laughs> but let's, let's talk about um, Lucas's passing. You know, he didn't do that Lucas thing, right? You know, uh, he did do that Lucas thing a few times where maybe he should have, maybe he should have um, not taken two more dribbles uh, and 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 passed the ball, um, or maybe not shot when he when he shot. Uh, Sergio kind of kind of 
kind of yelled at him. Maybe that's why I hate Sergio. Um, he yelled because, at Lucas it's because he yelled at he yelled at Lucas for taking a shot that went directly in his path. There it is. Um, Sergio wasn't going to score on that anyway. Um, but all of that all of that said, um, Lucas looking up instead of looking down at the ground. We know that Lucas looking up is way better than Lucas looking down at the ground. Lucas was making was making passes that Harry Kane made last year to to Son, right? Um, we keep saying that Harry Kane and Son can't be the only ones scoring on this team, and we're seeing other guys scoring now, right? We're seeing guys like Davinson Sanchez is even scoring, Ben Davis is scoring, you know. Um, Lucas, Lucas has scored, you know. I mean, Hoiberg's got one. Hoiberg's got two, in fact. Yeah. Well, he's got one under under Conte. Um, but I I think that that the work that going back to what I said, the work that Conte's good uh, doing with these players, he's turning them in into actual the players that they're supposed to be. Lucas has so much talent, and we've been waiting and waiting and waiting. He did score like his first year with us. He scored what nine, nine goals, eleven goals, somewhere in there. He he's got it in him to score a goal. He got he scored those goals because Harry Kane was broken. Um, but what else is new? <laughs> right, right. Um, so you know that pass that he made to Harry Kane for that first goal, like the whole sequence was unreal. I mean. That 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 play by that was a classic Harry Kane goal. That was a classic Harry Kane run. And 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 these commentators on NBC and they, they piss me off constantly because they don't give credit the credit where it is deserved. And you know they're they're constantly rubbing off one player or another and they pick that one player out the entire game. They didn't talk about so much. They they kept on talking about and, and deservedly how how well Lucas was playing, and how amazing he is. They didn't talk about the runs that Harry Kane was making. They didn't talk about the fact that Harry Kane was running back and playing defense. They didn't talk about so much about Skippy. Um, Skippy was again all over the place. Skippy Skippy is is a man. He is he's a full grown man. In, in at the age of a, of a of a child he's essentially a child in age this this guy is is playing like he's been in the league for eight years I mean I've I've not seen a young player fit into a team like this before and for what it's worth like I I love Hoiberg um I don't know again that him and Hoiberg in the same midfield is going to continue to work out but Pierre is even getting forward no He's he's given the ability to get forward. Both of these guys, I think it can work, but it has to. You you have to be able to give one of those two players some skill, you know, and allow them to do some things that and and show us that they can do some things that um will keep them both on the field together. I think um you know we need another midfielder, another creative midfielder. I think. In the end, I still think it's Weston McKenney that we need, but I'd love that. But who wouldn't, right? I mean, if you if you've seen any of his national team games, um, if if you've seen him play, if you've see, seen him play uh, his league matches, like the 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 guy is, he has got one of the best minds in all of the world, as as far as the midfield play goes. I mean, he knows he knows when to push forward. He knows when to play back. He he sees passes that are two that are that are two moves ahead. It's, he's he's like a chess player out there, and he's got he's got amazing amazing feet. I see you want I to. Say I know. Something. I think I know the answer to this, Mike. Would you trade Ndombele for McKinney? A thousand times over. That was the at, answer at this point. At I this point, and I think it just it has to it has to do not with. Not necessarily with uh, God-given skill or, or or ability or any of that. It has to do with with the fact that the guy, one guy works harder than the other. I like hardworking players. I think that's what Tottenham represents. They always have. 
you know, guys who go out there, lunch pal type guys, you know. That's that's what I love about this team, and and, and Conte's made it exciting. Bring it home, Steve. I want to change my selection. Um, I'll drop Ronaldo out of my two most hated, and I'm going to go with uh, not a player, but a commentator. Uh, <laughs> Tony Gale is fucking ass at what he does we're back at tony again huh i can't stand tony gale i hate listening to that prick he's such a terrible commentator like i can't be the only person who thinks this surely you know i feel like listening to it was him and uh gary taphouse and i feel like half the time tony would just go off the rails and you get gary coming back like trying to bring focus back to the game like just He's like the crazy racist uncle that shows up to, you know, Thanksgiving or Christmas or whatever. Uh, and you just, you know, the rest of the family just kind of like pretends that they're not there. Like, oh, you know, that's just Tony being Tony. But somebody's got to stand up and just say, this guy sucks at his job and shouldn't be allowed to comment on any of these fucking games. Mike, or not Mike, Steve, you, you actually have like a... a a dungeon of announcers that you can't stand. So that's going to be another good segment of, uh, of the pod at some point. What do you think of Arlo White? (laughs) He's not, he's not the worst. I it's, it's all these, you know, ex arsenal players that tend because they're so, you know, they're just inherently biased. Arteta is going to be in the booth pretty soon. Right. Well, not if you keep, they keep playing the way they are. Lee Dixon, Graham Lasso, like I fuck those guys too. But Tony Gale's on a whole nother <laughs> level of just garbage takes from a garbage person. How do you really feel, Steve? How do you really feel? Hey, I think it's time we uh we take a little break in the action. Mike, what do you say? I'm curious about something. I'd like to know, Mike, what you're drinking. So I'm gonna ask the question. Hey, Mike, what you drinking? Well, today, Dave. Um I love this segment. I know you guys kind of uh kind of humor me and let me go along with it i've got a really good one for today and i i was down at the beer store today because i was looking in my fridge and i said you know what i think i've had all of these um i don't necessarily i like to do a different beer that i haven't tasted before and so far I've, i've been able to do that so i went down to the beer store today which the local georgia market and uh they have an awesome awesome beer cave and a great beer selection so I I walk into the beer cave and immediately I'm like I'm thinking podcast 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 immediately I see this thing that catches my eye and I typically don't go for their beers um from Cigar City down in Florida the beer is called Florida man Florida man no no hold on hold on Mike hold on I need to get a. I gotta get a picture of that. That's beautiful. You know, I I just have to ask before we get any further into this segment: Are we sure that that's beer from Florida and not just swamp water that they bottled and shipped up here? I'm pretty sure it says Double India Pale Ale. So, um, welcome to Florida, the Sunshine State. Uh, <laughs> take that with a grain of salt until you tell me otherwise. It's got a really cool can. It's got like a. Typical for Florida. It's got a couple of trailers, right? Uh, looks looks nice looking truck next to the trailer. Uh, it's got a gator cr- uh, crushing a can. This is welcome to Florida. It's got kind of like a gator print around uh, around the bottom of the can, like a stripe around the bottom of the can. It's from Cigar City Brewing. Uh, they make another beer that's that was really really popular for when IPAs first got popular, called Highlight. <clears throat> and. Uh, I really used to like it. I don't. I don't. I don't really like it anymore. I think the evolution of the IPA has kind of changed everything. But uh, I saw this beer and I was like, I've got to get this. Did you get you a know? four pack of that, or did you get a? Single? I feel like our Florida. I, I. It's a six pack actually. It comes in twelve ounce cans. Ah. Um, because Florida can't be the same as everybody else, right? Um, I. I. I had to get it because I. I feel like. Um. I feel like our Florida man is back. You know, he's got his couple of goals. Now, I think this is where we thought he was going to go once he started scoring goals. And I think he's going to start scoring a lot of goals. Um, but it's very funny. The back of the can reads, unpredictable varieties of hops used in nearly criminal volumes combined to create a bold, citrusy, double India pale ale brewed to pay tribute 
to the world's worst superhero, the Florida man. <laughs> Isn't that weird? Isn't that weird that we were calling him that? Um, so the new thing I like to do, obviously, is to give you a couple of reviews from Beer Advocate. Um, I'm going to go through these really quickly, um, and then we'll get into tasting it. I, I saw this one and it caught my eye because it's a, uh, you know, it's it's one of those one of those typical kind of beer advocate things, uh, but it's got some it's got some actual comments, so it's not like thick lacy foam and not, all that nonsense. Um, this says it's a four point three eight out of five. I don't know where you come to that number, but. <laughs> Um, it says this would be dangerously poundable on a hot day at the beach. Aggressive glass pour, light head, sticky lacing. What the fuck? Cloudy yellow color. Smell is sweet and citrusy. Fresh hops. Taste slight bitterness. Citrus slightly fruity, fruity ish. Very refreshing, especially for a double IPA. This now, mind you, this is a double, double IPA. This beer comes in at eight point five. It's a it's a pretty heavy beer. Um, the eight point five is well hidden, only very slightly boozy. Uh, mouthfeel is slight carbonation, then buttery and slick on the finish. Buttery and slick, just just the uh, way again. Like, it's like a man. penthouse forum, you know. <laughs> it said would buy again another winner from Cigar City. I love Florida. Now the other one on the other side of this is even funnier. This one, this guy gave it, this is from uh, JP Preserve. Doesn't say where he's from. He gave it a 1.12 out of 5. This is one of the nastiest beers I've ever had in Florida. Taste bitter and taste, bitter and taste reeks of fermented grapefruit. Turns out it's lemon drop. (laughs) What? I have no idea. Extremely bitter aftertaste that does not impress. Look. Nice can. Never did pour into a glass, but I can imagine this is one of those beers you cannot see through. Smell typically, (laughs) typical fruiting of the beer smell, which raises flags for me immediately. Feel adequate carbonation, but the hops gave the feeling of a revolt happening in my mouth. No matter how much I actually tried to grow accustomed to this beer, the overbearing taste of hops is a major detraction. And it's just purely disgusting. So, Mike, this guy bought a double IPA and was bothered by the hoppiness? Am I, yeah, am that's what yeah, I'm yeah, getting this, right. This is where I was going with this. Then he says at the end, give me a nice ice-cold German lager instead. <laughs> this is a guy who likes his fizzy yellow beers. He, uh, he's obviously lane, a dude. dickhead. He's obviously a dickhead. But I'm gonna, <laughs> I always give a beer a shot, right? So I'm going to get into this. Yeah, yeah Tony Gale of reviews. Likes the arable white. Okay, it's it smells it smells pretty good. Likes the arable white. Love it. It doesn't blow me away right off. You know, I I will say I'm looking forward to uh, when Mike inevitably posts this on the uh, extra inch Patreon or Discord or whatever it is, and I can just watch all these guys going. Oh no, here comes another IPA. I can only assume that people listening to this have no idea what why we do this but it's fun to all you it listeners is, is at home fun. it is and fun i love i love these th- i this is why I, I i wanted to do this because there's two things i love it's beer and and my soccer team my football team um i poured this terribly but uh so far it looks like a double ipa it's not it's not a uh, completely cloudy you can't see through it but and you're not supposed to it's a it's a double ipa not water um, right <laughs> I, I I can't describe the thick lace to you because I didn't didn't pour. Please it don't. I I, I won't <laughs> describe it. I, I I hopefully won't have to describe the buttery mouthfeel either. Tell us about the fermented grapefruit, Mike. I don't smell no, lemon drops. Fruit. Lemon drops. I actually do smell. I mean, it is. There's a lot of hops in here. I can smell. I smell the grapefruit. I do smell. I don't know. It, it's. I don't like to stick my nose in beers. It's awful. Um, <laughs> so I, I don't smell grapefruit. I don't smell bubble gum. Any of that shit. No lemon drops. I do smell a little bit of citrus. And I smell a, a lot of... 
kind of resiny, piney smell. So my guess is that this is going to be a, just a kind of typical boring double IPA. Or it's pine sol. And the verdict is? This beer is... This beer is pretty fucking awful. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, I'm so glad we have this recorded. Perfect. <laughs> nothing, nothing good can come from Florida. This, this, okay, this is not a good beer. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to agree with the JV Preserve and, uh, and just say, I probably could have gone with a Miller Light tonight or a Bush Light. Probably had a had a better experience. But the um, but the buttery mouthfeel. What well, talk about talk about that. Uh, <laughs> so there's no buttery mouthfeel. Um it's 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 definitely very carbonated. I don't know about slightly carbonated, it's definitely very carbonated. I don't know how that guy drank this. Um he said he drank it out of the can. I I don't taste the citrus. And it is overly, overly hopped. It is super, super, super bitter. Remember those Keystone commercials from back in the day, the bitter beer face commercial? Yes. That's how I feel right now. It's still sticking there in my mouth. I don't like the taste at all. Um, all I can taste is bitter. I don't taste and I don't, you know, sometimes you get the that nice double IPA, the nice citrusy double IPA, or even a West Coast IPA, you can get that that whiff of the beer as you're drinking it and it almost adds to like the flavor of the beer the smell of this beer it does it corresponds in no way with the taste it was a pleasant enough smelling beer but it was just like so well, let me ask you this oh, Mike. it was Would like you... it was like swallowing fucking razor blades <laughs> laced with pine saw it was bad what? Would you consider that beer to be the equivalent of vanilla extract? Um, no. Like, vanilla it, extract it, 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 smells imitation great. or real? Real. Oh, smells real vanilla great, extract tastes terrible. Uh, vanilla. I, I don't know. Uh, I do I gotta not. Tell you, <laughs> do not try vanilla extract. Just trust me on this. It is not as good as it smells. I'll you know, leave it at that. Mike, I, I have a I have a a theory and a contribution I want to offer him. I'm thinking, you know, we do have a worldwide listening audience on Wicked Spursy, right? So <laughs> worldwide, I'm, yes. I am they love us in Reykjavik right now, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm worried that our worldwide audience might not even understand what Florida man means. So I feel kind of obliged to to address that. So our American audience will understand this fully, and you guys will see where I'm going. Uh, Florida man is something that you see pop up in the news media on occasion, usually in print or online media. And it will, it will usually be a, a, a headline that reads something like Florida man. And then there's some insane thing that this, this individual who lives in Florida did that is indescribable. And you say, how the hell would someone do that? That's what Florida man is. Florida so, man gets foot stuck in toilet right. trying to retrieve family uh, pet. So I, I just chopped off, chops off his own penis and sells it in a hot dog bun, right? Like you I, get that type of thing right. from Florida, man. So when Harry Kane <laughs> vacationed inappropriately in Florida, it was easy for us to say, you know, Harry Kane is Florida, man, because it was illogical and made no sense. Mike, I'm thinking. <laughs> like, Sorry, I, I, I have to read this. I, I just Googled it because I wanted to get an actual headline. Yeah, give us one. What do you have? The first one that pops up, Florida man with drugs around penis denies they were his. <laughs> so there you go. There, so there you, go. you have it. Mike, I'm thinking that the joke's on us, right? Like, if you produce a beer called Florida Man, it's got to be a disaster. Like, you have to be expecting <laughs> something to be horrible and not make any sense. Maybe... Maybe you're just a sucker who just wasted 15 bucks on a six pack. Vermont man pays $15 for a six pack of beer from Florida and immediately regrets it. There you go. There's the headline. All right. What's your rating on this bad boy, Mike? What do you got? Um, so JV Preserve gave it a 1.12. I'm going to give it a 1.11. Ooh. 
lowest fucking this, this beer is bad dude it was it's worse it's worse than my uh citrus drink um for my colonoscopy <laughs> prep it is worse than it is worse than the uh gluten-free beer that we had this beer is bad and i'm gonna have to finish this mike is there any scenario any scenario where you could see this beer being the appropriate choice maybe if you like are drinking it in this trailer park that's on the can Oh, the trailer park's on fire. <laughs> well, there you have it. <laughs> there you go. There you the world's greatest superhero. There Worst you have superhero. It. Florida man buys Cigar City Brewing out of Florida. Correct, Mike? Cigar City Brewing. It's. I wish you guys would just not. Just don't. We, we won't. It's all good. We not you, you guys. Them. <laughs> they won't either. Anymore. All right. That's been, uh, hey, Mike, what you drinking? So we appreciate it as always, Mike. Let's let's get back to it. We've got a we got a match tomorrow. Had a match yesterday. Got a match tomorrow. Southampton tomorrow in the morning for us. Steve, what are you thinking as you look ahead to to that one? Uh, you know, for the first time, you know, well, I guess I can't say in a while because it's it's really been a consistent theme under um, Conte. I'm not terribly worried. Um, ever since the Liverpool game, I think I just have had faith in Conte that he was going to get us a result. Um, and he's repaid that so far. And I don't see Southampton being the team that derails that anytime soon. Um, it looks like they have a relatively, uh, full strength squad. They've got three players out due to COVID and one, uh, with a hamstring issue, uh, but otherwise, you know, Fraser Forrester's, you know, sometimes he throws out a, a insane game and goal. Um, and I like James Ward-Prowse. I think he's really talented, a, a great player in the midfield. Um, I, you know, I just think looking at what Conte has done so far and looking at <clears throat> what Southampton's been able to produce this season, you know, as long as Spurs take it seriously – I don't see where we lose. Um, I just, you know, it, it, it's it's a struggle for me to to look at the two teams side by side. Even if we do a heavily rotated side, we should still be able to break that down. And and if you think about it, we gave Kane rest, we gave Sun rest, um, you know, coming off that game. So they're probably likely to slot right back in, I, I'd have to imagine. Um, Davies was out uh, yesterday, so I have to imagine he goes in at some place. You'll probably see, you know, because because um, Conte likes to swap out the wing back, so maybe you get Davies at, at left wing back or even left center back because I don't think Sessegnon's ready for it. Um, but I, I have to imagine you're probably going to see either Darcy or Tanganga at, at right wing back um, in place of Emerson, who went the full game. I just, yeah, I think it's going to be another game where, you know, we're going to look to hit them on the counter. We're going to maybe struggle for the first 15 or so minutes as we try to, you know, find our footing and, and you know, really click it, click into gear. Uh, but I think once we got that, it's going to be really difficult for Southampton to do much. Conte has got this team well drilled. Um and some of these players, Sanchez, Dyer, I mean, they are as strong as they've been. Even when they make mistakes, it's rare that they get punished for them. And they don't often make more than one a game. So I, this is going to be – I'm feeling confident in a win. I'm going to say it. I feel confident that Spurs are going to take it and, and get the win. And I'll, I'll, go, I'll do even one better. I think we'll keep a clean sheet too. So that's a certainty that we're going to lose one nothing. Mike, what do you think? Play off that. All right. Um, so I, I don't. I don't see. I, I see that one of Skip or Horiberg, uh gets rotated out. Um, I, I know that we love to see Skippy in there. I I, I hope it's him that's rotated out. Um, may, maybe just throw him on the bench in case we need him. Um, I'm hoping that 
you know, I, I, I think we're going to see Son, Son, Lucas, Kane again. Um, we forgot to mention that, you know, Brian Heal had a, had a, uh, had a nice little run out there and, and he played uh, incredibly well. Um, I'd like to see him back on the bench. Um, I, I'd like, I, I want Spurs to put this away by the end of the first half. I don't know that we're going to. I think it's like Steve said. I think it's going to be another one of those games where it's going to take us a little time to settle into the game. <clears throat> um, but I'd love to see Winksy out there um, showing us a little more of what he showed us against Liverpool. Um, but like Steve said, you, you know, you're probably, I, I think we're going to see Reggie and Emerson out there and then your center backs, you, you know, you're, Left and right center backs might be changed out. I think Davis. I don't know. Maybe you put Emerson out there at center back. At center back, and you and you let uh, Doherty out there, or you can just throw give Emerson a sit down, and you can throw Tanganga out there on the on the right center back too. Um, I don't have a problem with that either. Um, I wouldn't have a problem if maybe Delhi got a run out there too. But I don't know that this is the game. These are the games to do that. You are, you want to hold that advantage in those games, games in hand. So, at this point, you know, you, with the amount of games that are being played tomorrow, Arsenal's not playing. Their game got postponed. So, we need to pick up points on them. Um, we're st- we still have no shot at mo- moving ahead in the in this in the table, but. I think it's important that we pick up three points here and you don't want to fuck around too much with your, with your lineup. Um, I, 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 I see, I, I can't, I can't, I can't imagine that he's going, that Conte is going to run out a, a heavily rotated squad, but at the same time, I think there are, there are guys you need to give rest to. And I think we, de- we depended so much on Hoiberg under, under Marino, uh, Marino and, he played every single motherfucking game, every minute of every game, and Jose might have broken him, you know, to the point to the point where he thinks in his own head that he's too valuable to be taken out, or maybe to the point where he has just been run into the fucking ground and needs to have some sort of recoup recuperating time, because he was great in the summer, right? And then we kept on playing him, kept on playing him. If we're starting to run him into the ground again. We can't do that. He's a brilliant midfielder. He's a brilliant defensive midfielder. And the guy's the, the guy's a hard worker, um, which obviously it shows you what Conte values because he keeps throwing him out there. The guy works hard. The guy's tough, which, like I said, I love this Spurs team because they're a bunch of lunch pail kind of guys. You know, they go out there and they do their job. They do their business. Um, they come to they come to work. They have their sandwich and their fucking stale chips. And then they go home. And then on the weekend they get satisfied with a with a with the three points. Um, I don't see guys like James Ward Prowse being too much of a an issue for us. I mean, if we could shut down, you know. Mo Salah, we can shut down James Ward Prowse. You know, we can we're gonna shut down their their big scorer. I, our defense has been playing very very well. You know, um, I would rather not have to consistently rely on Dyer, but you know, he's he's been playing way above any level that we ever thought he could play. At least the three of us, I think. Um. So I mean, this this team going into this game, it, we're we're pretty healthy. We're we're um, we're on a roll right now, and you know, consistency in play is a big deal. You know, that's how that's how Man City did it last year. They had a really really terrible shit start to the season, and then right around Christmas time, they fucking blew up and didn't lose and didn't lose and didn't lose. No one could beat them. And I could see that happening with this team. I can see it happening with this team. We could go on on a big run and and end up second or third in the table. 
we might, you know, I mean, it just depends on, on how Conte plays the game and, and what we bring in, in in January, which might not be much, but it could be one or two players. You know, uh, Steve said something last week about the January window and, and being one or two players away from being like a horrible team for anyone else to play. And, and I'm looking forward to that because I think you're right, Mike, we, we are, um, we're starting to pick up some momentum, right? We're starting to not drop points and we're starting to pick them up when we should. And I think we can expect that from Southampton. I, I hope we're not cursing ourselves by saying that. And especially Steve, who was just flat out calling the win and the clean sheet. I hope you didn't do a number on us there, Steve. Hey, to be fair, I also said one nil loss. So my bases are covered. There he is, right? Sitting on the fence. Pick us up. I hedges his bets just constantly. Yeah. <laughs> Good thing he's the no, only I, guy. I don't have I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem saying we're going to win, but at the same time, I don't want to get my expectations to the point where if we draw, you know, if we end up having a shitty half of, of, of soccer and we end up drawing, that it pisses me off for the rest of the fucking week until we get to play again. I, I don't want that to happen. I I I think we have a comfortable win in us. Uh, I think it's probably a comfortable two to one or an easy three one. I, you know, we might give up a stupid fucking goal. Um, we're still, we still have, remember, we still have Dyer and Sanchez out there who are both capable of making boneheaded mistakes. No, I think, I think that's the beauty of, of loving Spurs is it's all about managing expectations, right? And managing your own expectations so that you're not crushed with disappointment when things don't go well. That's, those are the best life lessons anyone could take. But they, they love to crush us, though, don't they? They do, but they're, they're just helping build character. You know, that's kind of the way I see it. That, that's what it's all about. Fun fact, yeah. we play Southampton tomorrow, right? You we know do. when we play Southampton again? Uh, May. A month and a week later. A month and a week later. The reverse fixed year, February 9th. You know what makes that even more entertaining to me? Where's the fun part of this fact, Steve? Where are you going with that? Uh, <laughs> we have six games in January, right? Three of them are against Chelsea. Yeah. One of them's against Arsenal. We've got Watford, Chelsea, Morecambe, Chelsea, Arsenal, Chelsea, and then back to Southampton. So we're essentially playing the same teams between Southampton. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> then you, you have more. You have more. Yeah, you have Morecambe and 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 uh, Watford thrown in there as like bonus bonus points, right? Yeah, just to make things a little more challenging. You know, I hope yeah. we take the piss out of Chelsea. Fuck them. It's fucked too. Oh, what a rotten human being. <laughs> How do you really feel, Mike? Uh, I, I feel like he's a rotten human being. I think that beer is doing it to you. Florida man is bringing this out in you. That's what it is. Dude, I, I can't. I have to drink this. I have to drink this can. And and I'm going to tell you that I'm going to pawn it off on my buddy Pete, who is a, who's a big fan of beer. And uh, I just, I just, I think I'm going to just bring it over to his house and throw it in his beer fridge and just leave it there and see if he drinks it and, 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 and says, did you leave this here? Because it's fucking awful. He's the reason I like uh, IPA, so I, I I have to just kind of just slyly leave it in his refrigerator. <laughs> hey boys, guess what? It's time for us to start talking about our closing thoughts. We've we've hit that hour, so uh, Steve, why don't we let you go first? What are your closing thoughts as we wrap up? I think, for the sake of momentum, you have to win at Southampton, you have to win at Watford and you have to have that high confidence going into the back-to-back-to-back Chelsea games with, uh, you know, Morecambe and Arsenal, you know, just two shit opponents uh, thrown in in between. Um, I think, you know, looking ahead at, at the, you know, next month or so of fixtures, I, I can't imagine... There are many Spurs fans looking at January and feeling confident. But that said, I think that January is the perfect opportunity to maybe squeeze Levy into opening up his uh, his checkbook and writing what we need. If you think about it, you know, we got 
four London Derby Derbies. Sorry, Dave. London Derbies, four of them, uh, coming up in uh, in January. Spelled with an A. If we're not doing great in the first EFL Cup leg, if we're not doing great in the second one, surely that has to signal to Levy that he really needs to spend to get what we need to fix it. That said, if we go in, we beat Chelsea, we beat Morgan, we beat Chelsea again, we beat Arsenal, suddenly it's, you know, maybe uh, some of the restructuring that we desperately need, maybe that waits until summer and we start looking at different targets. Because let's be honest, Vlahovic isn't coming to Spurs in the summer. If we get him, it's going to be in January and it's going to be because Paratici convinced him to make that that transition. If he's there in summer, somebody else is snapping him up. Uh, so I'm really curious to see how this plays out. But before we even get to that point, we need to win out. We need to beat Southampton. We need to beat Watford on the weekend. When we reconvene for our next uh, podcast, I want to be sitting here happy as a clam because we've got six out of six points and we're comfortably in that fifth place spot with our, our eyes set on a massive fixture against Arsenal. So if you think about it, given where we are right now and how many games in hand we have, you know, depending on how other results go, it's feasible that we could enter the Arsenal game and have it be a legit six pointer where if we win, we leapfrog over them and take forth for ourselves. That could happen. I would love for that to happen. Um, but we got to win. We got to keep it going. And and I have faith that Conte will do that for us. Take that, Steve. Let's, let's ride that faith train as far as we can. Mike, what do you think? Closing thoughts for this evening. Um, again, consistency. Um, consistency in play. Consistency in... Uh, our direction moving up the table. Um, <clears throat> like Steve said, we need to have, I feel like we need to have convincing wins in the, in the next two games. Um, going into January is going to be a rough patch and we can't get our hopes up and start thinking, hey, we're a big club again. We're still that, we're still that uh, mid-sized club that's trying to be the big guy, right? We're the we're the middle kid who, you know, always gets forgotten. You know, we're not we're not the we're not the the plucky little guy who's uh who's sitting who's sitting at seventh right now and nobody can believe it. Um, we're not that big team who's expected to be one or two. We are we're that club who's expected to be fighting for fourth and fifth, and that's what we're doing right now. Um, we got put in that position, unfortunately, early in the season um, because we had a coach that was just in over his head. It's not like he was a bad coach or a bad guy. He was in over his head, and he didn't know what he was getting into, and he thought he, he, thought he could fix things. Um, so it's going to be a tough January, everybody. Uh, you know, zip up your coats, put on your, put on your winter cap. Uh, things are going to get a little cold. So let's let's get at least these six points. Um, going into Arsenal, you also have to think that COVID is also ravaging other teams. So these games in hand start to become fewer and fewer as other teams also gain games in hand from not playing. The difference is that our games in hand that we have are winnable, easily winnable games. Brighton, Leicester, Burnley, they're easily winnable games. Uh, Leicester is down right now. Uh, Burnley is always fucking shit but annoying on the pitch um, to play. Um, you know, and then and then Brighton, fun fun team to watch when they're when they're healthy. Um, they had their little run at the top this year. Uh, they're going to end up right where they're supposed to be, probably 10th or 11th. Uh, 
they're three easily winnable games. I mean, we typically dominate Leicester anyway. Um, other than that one fucking year, you know. But that said, I I, I think that you know again things are looking sunny for Spurs. It's just gonna be a it's gonna be a cold January. Just just be aware. Don't get your hopes up that we're gonna be uh, that we're gonna be winning tournaments, winning legs. Um, because the chances of that are probably quite slim. Yeah, I think Mike, just to add to that, my takeaways or my closing thoughts are, again, it's all about managing expectations. If you think about it, we haven't done Chicken Little or Bob Marley since Nuno departed. Right, right we haven't had to. because We, we haven't, haven't had, had to. to. And it's all about not getting too high or too low. It's, you know, let's imagine we have a bad match in there against Chelsea. I think there's a reasonable expectation that could occur. It doesn't mean that the wheels are falling off the whole thing. Um, and looking ahead to the January transfer window, if Paradici and Conte can't can't strong arm Levy into, into backing the project, nobody else can. So, you know, this is going to be a, a real uh, a real testament to see, you know, just, just where exactly the club is going for the long term. I'm optimistic. I'm going to be optimistic about it. I, I feel feel pretty good about the future, even if Conte is only with us for a couple of years. Um, the one thing is the places he's gone and the, the short-term projects he's been a part of, he's left as a winner. And um, I think I would even take that, you know, if it meant he was only with us for a year and a half or, or two and a half years, if he leaves as a winner, I'll be happy. And we'll be, and, we'll he, be and those, te- and those teams continue to play well. Those teams continue to play well. Inter's doing it right now. Right. That's, that's, right. that's good stuff. There. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Conte's a uh, he's a Bob the Builder. He's a Mister Fix It. He's a tool man, Tim Allen, without the uh, conservative <laughs> views and racism. Very nice. All right, folks. With that, it's time to wrap up. We are Wicked Spursy. We appreciate all of you, uh, Mike and Steve. Thanks for thanks for the time. Uh, glad you had a good Christmas. Happy holidays. Match tomorrow. We'll be recording again before we know it. That's all we got. This beer is awful. <laughs> Be safe, everyone. Get vaccinated. <laughs>